I'm Holly Tucker, and welcome to my podcast, Conversations of Inspiration. Founder of Not On The High Street and Holly & Co., I'm the UK ambassador of creative small businesses. I believe that having a business doing what you love is the key to a happy, fulfilled life. And my dream is to help everyone start theirs. I'm here to offer advice, inspiration, wisdom and encouragement. And in my view, the greatest way to do this is by sharing stories. So I've reached out to all my favourite small businesses, acclaimed entrepreneurs and those who just simply inspire me and ask them to share theirs. With thanks to our sponsor NatWest, who have helped bring this free podcast to life. Here are my conversations of inspiration. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down. This week I'm chatting with Steve Ween, also known as the Pothole Gardener. Steve brings happiness to the world through his creativity, planting miniature gardens in ugly potholes in London and throughout the world. Known as the Banksy of gardening, his aim in life is to turn something crappy to happy, and it's as simple as that. We chatted creativity, the ups and downs of social media, and how small actions can change the world. Not before he took me pothole gardening, though. Enjoy! So, we found a lovely little place to garden right outside the shop. I bought a glove. <laughs> it's, not a glo- it's not a beautiful glove, but I thought perhaps... Okay, you, I've you got can, my, a glove I, for one hand. I don't know the last time I wore a gardening glove. It's on. Looks good. Oh my goodness. It's all about a splash of colour. Right. Uh, unexpected splash of uh, colour in an unexpected place. To grab people's place. attention. Exactly. Yeah? And when they're walking past. What we're really trying to do here is turn something crappy to happy. Crappy to happy. That's what we're all about. <laughs> for me, these little gardens are here to tell a story. I really think that, especially in London, people walk around in such such bubbles and not really connected to their actual environment. And one of the great things about these gardens is they they make people stop for a second and and do a double take, and it always brings a smile to their face. There we go. We've got a a little um little little passerby showing some interest. Yeah, she might want to see our little garden. Garden. Is that Princess Polly's garden? Who is, what's this? Princess Polly. Princess Polly, it could be. It I could think be. it is her garden. <laughs> I think it is. This bike. A bike. bike. So we will see this. You can come and visit this tomorrow because it will be here tomorrow, hopefully, as well. There it is. Good work. Thank you. Thank you. Nice Thanks to meet for stopping you. by. Bye bye. 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 Well, look how beautiful that is. Look how stunning. Sweet, I mean, isn't just it? really, how much happiness is this bringing? <laughs> I, I don't think I've had a Friday morning like it. Um, we've just been potholing outside the Holly and Co workshop. Um, I've been kneeling on the pavement. You've been beautifully showing me what you do, but also trying to give me a steer with my non-green fingers on, <laughs> on, 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 on what these plants are and, 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 uh, and what, what you do. I've just had just the best time. I, I really have. I'm, I'm actually still taken aback. And 
I, I also wanted to make sure that today we made you feel comfortable. So we're sitting outside my um, home in my garden with the birds singing and uh, the trees um, moving in the wind and, and it just seems like a lovely day for us to have this conversation. Uh, the sun is shining, the birds are singing, it's been such a special morning. Getting out and creating something with you was, uh, was so much fun. I think experiencing your shop in St Margaret's tucked away, what a hidden gem. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you. And uh, finding the, a little pothole outside your shop and uh, getting, getting down and creating something was really quite special and seeing everyone's reactions. I know. Look, at everyone was just smiling. So it's just, it's brightened up my Friday morning. I knew you'd do that. Um, been a huge fan of yours for so long and it's why I was really really keen to talk to you um, on my new podcast. Um, I wanted to just open up just to ask you, I'm sure you've been asked this many times, but where did this idea come from? What inspired you to become the Pothole Gardener? So I was at Central St Martin's studying my Masters in Design and I was looking for a project uh, all around happiness. And I was looking for, I was looking to change people's perceptions of something, turn, it's that transformational moment, changing something that upsets people, uh, you know, taking something crappy and making it into something happy. And I, it was after a, a really snowy winter, I think it was, gosh, it was a while ago now, almost 10 years ago after. The roads were torn up and everyone was whinging about potholes and I thought, well, I'm just going to stick some plants in there. Makes sense to me. And I'd been involved in uh, guerrilla gardening projects for, you know, for a number of years and the idea of getting out and transforming the environment around you is, you know, it's, it's something really quite special. And the projects previously had been on a much grander scale, you know, planting sunflowers in beds or... Uh, look at Rich, what Richard Reynolds does, you know, he transforms whole areas of Elephant and Castle, you know, whole roundabouts. Um, but I was really actually drawn to the idea of some transforming very tiny space. And so Potholes became my, my canvas. It's just an amazing thing. And when I actually think about it, if you think about it too hard, it's a bizarre thing. But when I was sitting there today, it felt completely natural it felt very very connected and I love I love we you brought a little bench and a and a bicycle and a couple of tools that I didn't know the names of but I love how you theme it and you um looking through your work you created a miniature Wimbledon court you also did mini sport themed potholes over the Olympics and you even recently helped Matt Damon in, in the film Downsizing, which obviously is about shrinking yourself um, down to find a more happier life. Obviously a genius collaboration. It's as if they thought up that film just so that they could work with you. I'm sure that was like top of their mind. But when you launched, and of course this happened, but when you launched it went viral. Uh, you were in The Sun, uh, BBC News, all over the world. Have you been? Have you ever gone viral before? What was that feeling like? It was it was quite bizarre actually because I, I just remembered one morning. Oh well, I was, to be honest, I was back being a university student doing my masters and I was in bed sleeping in because I was <laughs> living in some. Because you were uh, working hard. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I woke up to a whole bunch of uh, 
missed calls on my, my mobile phone. I thought, oh gosh, what's happened? And sure enough, it was my friends who had kind of seen the project all over the metro and the sun. And uh, I was getting calls from all around the world. And it was, it was quite, a, quite a, bizarre ex- a bizarre experience, really, because it, it just happened. And for me, it was just a, a little project. It was an experiment for me. And I just wanted to get out there and do something and try something new. And I had the safety net, really, of the master's uh, project around it. It didn't matter if it failed, but I just went out and created something. And it wasn't to do with work. It, it didn't have a client. Uh, it, it didn't have a predefined outcome. I just went and tried something, and away it went, and it kind of had this life of its own. Where was the um, furthest? Where did, where did it get picked up? It was in the States and Canada and, of course, Australia, India. Um, it just got picked up by sort of the international press. And it was quite an interesting time for me because I'd never really dealt with the press before. So, And I'd, I've never sent a press release. I've never no, <laughs> said no. anything like that. That wasn't your world. No, no, no. It's, and it's not still not my world. I'm not into... Uh, I'm... What's really interesting for me is the, the transformation of people who come across the gardens in the in the real world in that moment. Yep. You know, these gardens are about living in the moment, bringing a smile to your to your face on the street. And someone who moved to London from from Australia, I it took a long time to get used to life in London, where people almost live in these bubbles. They walk mm-hmm. around in these bubbles. You don't make eye contact on the tube. You don't talk to someone you sit next to on on the bus. Um, and somehow these gardens are a way of kind of pricking those bubbles and it's great to see people stopping when they see a garden and have a conversation with a stranger. So I wanted to pick up on that. You mentioned that you were, um, you're an Australian um, and I, w- I was very interested to hear about your world when you grew up, your early career and were there hints of hints of you potholing or are there hints of this uh, bringing happiness to people? So growing up in Australia, especially where I'm from, the bush capital, you know, Canberra, uh, you grow up playing in the garden, you're, you mow the lawns at the weekends for pocket money. You know, there's just this sense of space, really, um, and, and getting involved. And my grandfather was actually um, a very keen gardener. He uh, actually grew the first red uh, trumpeted daffodil wow. as a daffodil breeder so I remember very clearly going down to Tasmania and you know helping him in the garden and it was very you know a magical experience really uh, and then moving over to London living in a tiny little one bedroom flat in East London with no outside space at all I guess you know in a way it just made sense to me to to get involved in guerrilla gardening and um, you know ended up sort of becoming smaller and smaller and smaller and actually into these tiny little pothole gardens. And you worked for Google? What was your first no, yes. first role? So uh, I always worked in the creative industry. So in Australia I was working in advertising um, and then I, I moved over here and uh, I worked, worked in all kinds of organisations. I worked at the BBC for a while, I worked for a Swedish broadcaster... Um, I worked for Al Gore's current TV channel for a while. And I think what really excites me is, you know, p- 
people creating, whether that's online video content or blog posts or pothole gardens. It's, it's that act of people actually creating something. And I love that, that transformation, both seeing what, how the, the person transforms themselves when they, when they create something in that personal journey, but also the physical object, you know. And when I went back to do my uh, master's at Central St. Martins, it was all about not the shiny object at the end, but the journey and the iterative journey and embracing uh, failure, if you like, because you learn from that failure. I'm fascinated by reframing, you know, and a lot of podcasts talk about this, um, but reframing fail- failure to, to something a little bit more positive, perhaps. I'm interested to know, you talk with such wisdom, and it, it feels like that maybe you felt that you had failed, and or what was that journey that maybe has given you that insight into... The, the the fact that you're you know you've 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 obviously doing something very soul fulfilling um, with the pothole gardens was that a necessity for you? I think for me, I've you know in my business life, I've had two startups that failed spectacularly, and at the time they were you know it was quite heartbreaking, and now you know I've got a, a business of my own which. Um, touch wood is is going along really nicely um and i think what i've learned from that is measuring success and i think so many startups go out thinking let's be mark the next facebook mark zuckerberg and you know that that success making billions of of dollars but actually measuring success in in different ways is what really interests me and the nuts and bolts of the pothole gardener, if, if I got down to it, perhaps success is just making one person smile, making one person's day. Um, and perhaps if small businesses, for example, thought about success in that way uh, and entrepreneurs measures its success in a different, uh, or thought about measuring success in a different way, that, that could be quite transformational for them. Your mini gardens, um, I mean, today I just watched people smile and just the joy that you bring. And so you must have had the most crazy reactions, happy reactions. <laughs> Tell me about that. I love people's reactions to my gardens, and that's, that's what really keeps me going. It's, uh, yes, I love getting out there. I, I like creating these gardens. But for me, the magic is just sitting back and watching watching passerby's reactions you know i made a film i'm not sure if you've uh, you may have seen it. it's called holes of happiness um yes that got yes. just went crazy one day uh you know had hundreds of thousands of views and in that gar- uh, in that film it's it's not about making the gardens it's about people's reactions whether that's the bus driver who stopped his bus to steal my garden. I saw. I saw. <laughs> but I love that because, you know, when, when we asked him in a very non-confrontational way why he'd stopped his bus to, to take the garden, he, he said he loved it so much he wanted to take it home, home to his wife. And then I tried to see him pot it back yes. in the place and it, it just fell over. I was thinking, you must have had to come and rescue it after that. But it was such a lovely, I mean, it was really, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? These small acts that um, small businesses can do far more, I would say, than the larger um, corporations. And 
I would say it's the small acts that build a brand. It's that consistency of hidden detail, um, a clever word that could be used when maybe something was much more of an easier word to use or a colourful stitch or a, a note in the parcel or a sort of hidden detail. I think there's something very human about it all and they're, they're, these small gestures are noticed the most. They pack the hardest punch in our psyche And I think that's something that you've touched on. I don't know if you meant to, but it's the outcome of what you do is that these tiny things that you do have profound effects on people. Um, I would love to put it up against a £100,000 ad campaign and see who remembers what. I also find it interesting at the moment, I'm watching a lot of um, larger businesses trying to do a lot of um, collaborations with small, creative, up and coming. I'm sure your door is knocked on many, many times. What do you feel about that? What do you feel about um, that collaboration? Do you think small and large can collaborate? Do you think it's um, a good thing for people to do? I mean, it's no doubt great for the money when you're struggling and you're starting up. Do you think every opportunity that you have as a small creative business you should take? I think the right collaborations can be so valuable in business. I think um, what doesn't work so well is, is when it's not really authentic. And I know authentic mm-hmm. is, so, is such an overused word and it's such Isn't a buzzword. And well, before it was, it was a great word. <laughs> yeah, it was a great. It's word. just been overused by the wrong people, yes, right? Yes, exactly. And I think when, you know, when businesses collaborate and it, it doesn't feel right, and it's all about the feeling. That that's when things might might go a bit awol. But have you collaborated with anybody, larger businesses? So, at the heart of the distillery, you know, one of our core values is collaboration whether that's collaborating with a, a client or getting sort of two clients in a room that we think could collaborate really nicely, collaborating with a, an influencer, for example, to help uh, amplify a, a campaign for a charity, for example. Um, you know, and collaboration is difficult to get right. It's all about clear communication and clear outcomes and most importantly having the same values yeah you talk about values and I can tell that that matters a huge amount to you yourself but also in the clients that you're working with um, at the distillery do you believe that um, all businesses should have values I mean I ask that question because I mentor a lot of small businesses and you know, you know what it's like as a startup, you know, values, I need to pay the mortgage, I need to pay the rent, I have got to make X amount of money by next month, or this is not just happening for me. And what I try and work with them um, now is almost retrospectively looking back and saying, well, you do have value, It's, it's in your soul, it's in your heart, it's why you've created this business. You believe in values, where did that come from? Well, first of all, how lucky those small businesses are to have you as a mentor. Oh, thank you. Um, I've met um, a couple of amazing people along my, my sort of latest journey with the, the distillery. And I remember when I was first starting out, um, one of these colleagues, Esther, she, she really sort of asked me about the values of the, the distillery and we really sat down to try and nut them out. And I, I was very dismissive, actually, because I was like... I ha- I have to get everything done. I ha- I've got a website to build. I've got clients to go and find. And away I went. 
And then it was a few years down the track when uh, uh, I met another mentor, if, if you like, um, Adam, Adam G. And he really helped me reflect on what the distillery's values were. And while I'd never sort of sat down and written out the values or the vision or uh, I didn't have a rock-solid business plan, well, I didn't really have a business plan at all, um, ingrained in what I believed... I had these values. It just took someone to help squeeze them out, if you like. Um, and I think so many small businesses and entre entrepreneurs and startups, I think it's, it's, really, it's a really important process to go through. You need to know that if you turn left, that you want to turn left. Because if you turn left and keep walking, only the left options get given to you. But guess what? You were meant to turn right. And if you don't work out whether it was right or left right at the beginning that you were meant to turn, you basically run the risk of building a business where the outcome is not what you ever wanted to do or had um, visualised or thought was your destiny. And I think that that's where, even though it can become the bottom of the to-do list because of exactly what you were saying, you know, are you actually aware of what I've got to achieve today? It's, the mo it's one of the most important things that you can do so that you travel the path of least resistance. You travel the path that you were meant to. And, um, and it's a very painful journey, isn't it, if you don't do that right <laughs> at the beginning? Yeah, it definitely is. And as, you know, as, as my journey has, has progressed and I've got a, such an amazing, amazing team at the distillery, um, you know, our... We, we've all reflected on, the on our values and there's a big difference between setting up a business yourself and writing down your values and what you believe but actually when you've got a whole team who believe in the same values that's when you've got a business. Going back to um, your happiness project um, I'm just interested to know have you had any negative reactions before? Have you been told off? <clears throat> Where do I start? It's a really interesting one for me. Um, so yes, I have had plenty of negative reactions. And to you know, as I uh, sort of sit here with you today, I, I deal with negative reactions very differently than than when I first started out this this project because this project I'm very much putting something out there it's no different from from a business really you're, you're putting yourself out out into the world and it can be quite terrifying you know and there was an article written in the the news of the world back in the day calling me an artistic numpty you know and which sure now I understand that you know that was just a piece of print probably didn't mean anything you know from the person that it came from. However, at the time, it, you know, it was it was really cutting. And sure, you know, social media. I get plenty of you know plenty of comments on social media that aren't so positive. Let's say, um, but you learn to deal with that, you know, in, in your own way. You know, your up, ups and downs, I guess. But quite a invasive um, situation that you're put in when you're purely literally just trying to do good why would on earth would anybody want to dampen that or stray you from 
giving love to the world, I would say, giving joy, giving colour. You say sometimes you have like 10, 20, 100 people crowding around you watching what you're doing. Have you noticed a pattern in behaviour? Um, have you noticed, have you got interesting insights that you can share? There was a, something that happened um, actually while we were shooting the book, um, the little book of little gardens, and we were creating our, my little washing, my little washing line garden. And we were standing back, we'd just taken, taken the photos for the book, and we're on a really quiet back street uh, in East London. And uh, this, this group of three young kids, you know, in hoodies, came along and kicked over the garden. And uh, so I thought, hold on, you know, I'm going to go up and have a chat with them. And so I sort of explained that we'd just created that garden, and I uh, sort of explained a little bit about, about the project. And, you know, their reaction was amazing. You know, they sat down and they replanted all the plants. They apologised. We had a lovely little chat and off they went. And I think that kind of sums up a lot of, a lot of the negativity around the project. It's, it's when people get it, they really get it. They smile and they engage. Um, and I think it's no different to sort of social media. It's so easy to just dismiss something and, and uh, you know leave a negative comment and not think about the person on the other side. And actually the power that gets taken out if they actually have to do it in front of you or have to say it to you. Um, and I'm wondering what you feel about social media because obviously um, your brand and um, Holly & Co, you know, Holly & Co was born on social media. When I think back, poor not on the high street you know we didn't have anything like it we didn't have smartphones so I, I look at social media now as a blessing because Harley and Co with its small marketing budget was born through the tribe that we're trying to create through the community um, and so we wouldn't do without it we would never want to be without it but at the same time with faces down when you walk through London with our with our tunnel vision do you feel that social media can um, well you've obviously experienced these negative reactions what place does it play in your world for me social media is a it's a real mix, mixed blessing and I think for us sitting here as as adults uh, we can take social media on board we, we we can be a little bit sort of one one step removed you know I do worry about young people on social media and the effects of uh, social media when you perhaps haven't developed the coping mechanisms to, to uh, cope with you know negative feedback or trolling it's an incredible um situation that we're dealing with as parents when we um, understand now that there is an undercurrent and an invisibility of communication that happens in our children's lives and that unless you're really engaged so many things can be happening um, that you would never ever sanction um, and happening under your roof um, and it's a it's a real real worry and as you said if you can handle social media from a brand perspective from a business perspective well then that's one thing mm -hmm. um, but the role that it's playing in our society today is is um, it's a scary one and I'm going to be very interested and um, in its development and and what we can do to protect the young as you said who don't have coping mechanisms I'm I, I wanted to take a moment to talk to you um, about a subject that's very close to my heart and it's something um, I've heard you talk about and that's the c-word 
uh, creativity and imagination. When we launched Holly & Co, we installed this sort of miniature fairy door in our shop. And, um, you know, you can only imagine. I think people thought I was barking mad. So you've gone from going, to, you know, being the CEO of Not on the High Street. Now you've got fairy doors, um, and which take, give me such, such delight. And they, did, they just didn't understand but now brings so much happiness to kids and adults alike. And we changed the theme at Holly & Co Workshop. You were here today uh, where we're bringing to life um, the theme of imagination. Um, and we've had the Artisan Month, the Feminist Month, the Baker's theme, Growing Your Own Business theme. And each month we change that ferry door, um, give it a makeover. And it's incredible, actually. I, it's a whole new world for me, you know, taking businesses international or um, finding out on eBay what you can buy for your uh, miniature fairy door. Um, and we've had so much love and we've got kids coming into the shop, leaving little notes for the fairies. It brings such joy. How do children react to your potholes? And, and is that an important reason why you create this, this younger generation? So children across the board, they, they love to pothole gardens when they come across them. Especially young children, they don't have a mobile phone. They're looking around, they're looking at the ground and they come across them. And I love it when they start asking their, you know, their parents questions. You know, who, who sits in that tiny chair? Is that little book real? Why is this here, Mum? You know, it's a conversation starter and they ask these questions and they use their imagination and it's such a, a great thing, thing to see. What, I, what I'm really trying to do with the gardens is tell little stories, whether that's the story of Wimbledon or um, perhaps the... The, uh, I the made Olympics. A, yeah, the Olympics or for a royal wedding. Um, I am trying to, to really start, start that, that conversation and that journey in someone's imagination to, to see where it might, might lead. Min using miniatures, I think, I really stumbled across... Um, adding, adding them to my garden. I was out with a photographer friend who had some miniatures with her and we started building this garden and that's, that's sort of where the, the garden started uh, de developing. And these miniatures somehow relate to adults and unlock their imagination because everyone played with miniatures when they were, a chill, uh, when they were young, whether that's you know, a matchbox car. I spent hours playing with matchbox cars and sending them down the driveway and... You know, Dolls' houses. Yes, ex exactly. And I think those miniatures help adults to unlock that that moment and remind them of their of their childhood. And this gar my gardens are so ephemeral by their very nature. They might be gone tomorrow. You know, and that's I think one of the reasons people connect to them. It's um, carrying on with that C word, creativity, and um, talking about um, small businesses and what I've noticed, and I'm interested to hear your views. When you think that Picasso said that every child is an artist, but the problem is staying an artist when you grow up, um, and sort of remaining childlike in, in, in your um, ability to interact with creativity and as I said when I work with small businesses one of the things that they sometimes do put on the bottom of that list is that creative aspect of their business almost fearing that it's not business-like or that actually there's other things that I need to be doing the incredible thing is that I've noticed is that the second that they do that the second that I did that in my career things started to not go so well um, 
people who, let's say, don't understand creativity can sometimes be very threatened by it. And what I'm trying to help install is the fact that if you do not have creativity at your heart in a business, if it is your, not your number one priority, then very quickly you're going to find that out. Very quickly you're going to find out the, the, what that does to your business. And it's not a good thing. And we can watch all these giant companies where I would say creativity is now um, not there with the founder. It's been uh, deprioritized. It's been given to a group of people to come and present back to you. And uh, you need an Excel spreadsheet to probably prove that it is creative. You've had a lot of um, experience yourself in bringing creativity to life, but you've also worked with other businesses. What's your point of view in that the importance of creativity when starting out? I think creativity is, you know, it's such an integral ingredient to a successful business. And having the time to unlock that creativity is, is so crucial. At the distillery, we are a creative agency and it and a lot of our work is not actually being creative. It's actually helping businesses unlock their own creativity. And creativity isn't necessarily, you know, pretty pictures on a website or great photography. Actually unlocking and empowering people to see, see problems in, in a different way in a different way you know I was having a, a, a really interesting discussion with a, a lawyer about how you know she, she was saying oh, I wished I wished I worked in a, in a creative field and yet I reflected on a conversation we were just having about how she'd found a really innovative way of talking to a client you know and when I sort of sort of held up the mirror and said I, I would never have thought of of that way of dealing with your client and that style of communication, that's actually really creative, sort of took her breath away. I think there's a, a real issue sometimes when people feel that they're not creative and then how then they absorb creativity and how they, they interact with people. And it's a them and us situation or it's a threatening situation. I've been amongst many people who feel that creativity is so in some way saying that they're not good and that I possibly am or um, that this idea is better because they're not creative. And, and I think it's that trying to remind people and probably what your gardens do is that we're all creative. Um, the fact that you can absorb the garden or that you go off into a little dreamlike state about maybe, you know, your action man, but you're, you know, uh, being in one of your gardens <laughs> and you're 60 years old, um, you know, yeah. you're creative. And I, and I, it's, a, it's a very interesting issue, I think, that's going to come up more and more as we go into the world of where technology plays a huge part in our everyday lives, where AI will play a, um, a significant role in building our businesses. And, you know, for for me, when I talk to our community, I'm like, well, right now they can't do creativity. Right now they can't do values. Right now these things aren't possible and that's only what's possible in you. And it's something I think we've got to um, remember as we strive and grow our small businesses. What do you think your gardens inspire in people? I think what's been amazing for me uh, with this project um, and remember, people have done interesting things with pothole, 
potholes m long before my time. You know, there was a really great project in Mon Montreal where they were <coughs> paving uh, potholes with um, really nice tiles. And, you know, they bathed in potholes. You know, they were so big. Um, wow. And so my project isn't the most original project, you know, in the world. But somehow my little scenes have sparked, you know, people's imaginations. And I think they've inspired discussion. And, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, online and, and social media, but r real world discussion as well. And I think that human interaction, people actually talking is face to face, is so important these days. The project has spread all around the world. I've had pothole garden, little pothole gardeners uh, popping up everywhere from. Uh, Fiji to Australia to Hong Kong to America to South America and for me that's it's just so magic people have been inspired to go out and create something with with their own own hands and it it really does as you you know saw this morning it takes you out of your comfort zone you're kneeling next to a pothole people are looking at you but you're creating something and you're bringing me, happiness. Yes. You're yes. bringing happiness. And I think in this day and age, when you think um, of this epidemic that we're dealing with, um, with um, I think the statistic is one in four of us um, deal with mental health um, as an issue. And um, I can imagine that it's incredibly good for the soul. Yeah, there is something about gardening really connecting you uh, and grounding you. With my pothole gardening project, I am supporting Rethink uh, Mental Illness. It's a charity here in London to help uh, raise awareness and really to start the conversation to actually talk about mental well-being and, and mental health and not, not to be scared to sort of put your, your hand up and to break down that to, taboo and say, hey, I'm suffering here, you know, I need to talk to someone picking up the phone and calling a friend just to make sure that they're okay. You know, it's so easy to hide behind text messages and, and WhatsApp messages and, and an email. But again, that one-to-one -one interaction. And for me, um, you know, gardening is such a, a great experience to, to actually go out and create something and be outside. And something that Rethink really su supports is, you know, gardening is, is, a, is a great avenue to to mental well-being and mental health and getting out there in the fresh air and moving around and you know gosh look we're sitting in your amazing garden here and I know it feels good doesn't it <laughs> it feels, it feels great. really good and I'm wondering if I can you mentioned that you had a couple of startups that didn't go so well and I've had my fair share of things not necessarily going according to plan and and what that um, does to you mentally as you very much know that starting businesses is almost like having a child um, I always use that sort of analogy of being maternal to my businesses that I am the mother and I can imagine that you were the father can I ask that if you've suffered from um, yourself and has the, the the project been a way of you dealing maybe with some of that journey that you'd gone through because I can imagine it was pretty tough um, going through a couple of failures you're right you know when I've started sort of businesses in the past, it, it has really felt like, you know, a baby. You know, you put all your love and your time and your, your attention to this thing that you're, you're bringing into the world. And when it doesn't go 
as expected, you know, it, it, it is. It's completely heartbreaking. And I think the Pothole Gardener project for me was a, a way of just doing something. It was just starting something. And I think that's it's so important that it doesn't matter how tiny it is, but getting out there and doing something, whether that's pothole gardening, whether that's taking up a hobby, whether that's just achieving one thing to, that will set you on your journey again. Re, you know, The domino effect. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be a grandiose the next Facebook it could just be going out and having a conversation you know that's so I've, I get so much of my inspiration from just talking to people from from conversations to chat with whether that's you know the, the local publican or a mother at the local school or an artist or a child I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I have my best conversations with my son, Harry, who uh, who always blows me away when I just think I'm losing him to PS4 at some point in time. Uh, he just makes me laugh so much and, and, and his, his beautiful view on the world. He's 13, he's growing up, but he still has this incredibly innocent and sort of creative way at looking at things. And, and I think, as you said, conversation is so important. Why we're doing this podcast is to talk to people about real life experience growing a business um, having creativity at your heart and what that does to a company what that does to your life and when I say a business and company I believe as you said it is all of you you know when you when you have your own small business I don't know how people separate it out because you know anything I've ever done it's all of me um, and it's not my company and my and my life it's just my life I'm interested to know um what one of your most favourite miniature gardens that you've created would be? And if there's anybody that you think, gosh, I, I would love to do a project with them or I'd love to make them a garden, because is, 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 is there anything that you um, strive for? So I've been lucky to take some really interesting people gardening. Um, and it's, you know, it was so amazing to create a garden with you uh, this morning and to see your reaction and to see you experiencing other people's reactions as well. It's that, it's that, that, um, that knock on effect. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I did take, um, some royalty gardening Wow. a little while ago. And, uh, that was, you know, Camilla had such a great approachable manner to, to the gardens. And actually, you know, she got her fingers dirty. She was, she was down there gardening, which was, which is great. You yeah, know, yeah. um, uh, you know, there's so many people, people I'd, I'd love to take gardening. I'd love to take Stephen Fry gardening one day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That would be an experience. Yeah. It really, really would. Your gardens have brought so much happiness, as you mentioned, across the world. How do people get involved do you encourage people to do um, their own miniature gardens I love it when people go out and create little gardens people send me pictures of their own creations all the time and I, I love that that's what the project is really all about and it's such an easy thing to do, I think, as you've seen this morning. It is. It I, is. I, I, I can say it is an easy thing to do. But yeah. wow, it's, yeah, it's, it, it is easy, but it's so impactful. Yeah, you know, you just, 
All you need is a pothole. There's plenty of those around. And I really encourage you to find one on a pavement, not on the road. And, uh, <laughs> and then really, you know, let your imagination run wild. You know, find, find some plants to, to uh, get your hands on. They don't have to be expensive. Um, you can either even start with some seeds. And uh, get out there, get your fingers dirty and take some photos and send them to me so I can share them with the community. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, thank you, Steve, for sharing your stories and thank you for taking me um, pothole gardening this morning. It's certainly something I've never done before and I will never, ever forget. It gives me real hope, um, if I'm honest with you, that there are people like you out there. And um, you've been a huge inspiration to me and the team um, when building Holly & Co because it's people like you with your imagination that makes us strive to what we want to do. And and so I'm just so glad to be able to thank you in person, um, not through text message or email. Um, But you bring colour to grey and that's what I believe that we need much, much more of. So thank you. But before... Um, I run off to care for my new garden and I I swear if anyone's touched it, um, they're going to have to deal with me. Um, I was wondering if you would share the note that I asked you to prepare. I've asked all my guests on the conversation of inspiration to write a little note to themselves, their younger selves, sharing thoughts, a lesson, a piece of wisdom that they wish they'd known. I've not heard what you're going to say today, um, but I know it's very kind of you to share a little bit of your soul with us. Dear Steve, everything will work out just fine. Just make sure you live in the now. Isn't that beautifully simple? And don't we all forget that? That it's just right now that we should be concentrating on. Just you and me talking today just this moment that we're sharing not about what we're not doing what we could have been doing what I've got to do but this moment in time that we've got together and I think if we could all take that more away especially as a small business running 4,000 miles an hour that it's just the now it's just the moment of smelling those roses the experience that we've got and that it's not the destination that we're after and as you said today it's the journey Thank you so much for sharing that. And, um, and uh, I feel like I've met a pop star today. No, thank you so much. For, it was uh, so magic gardening with you this morning. And you're such an inspiration to me as well. So Thank you. Thank Thanks you. so much. <laughs> Thanks, NatWest, again for sponsoring this podcast. It's great to partner with an organisation that believes in empowering people in business. That's why they developed the NatWest Business Hub, which is full of information, tips and insights to help business owners meet their goals. Go to natwestbusinesshub.com to get started. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Conversations of Inspiration. I want as many people as possible to believe that they can build a business doing what they love. So could I ask a favour? If you like what you're listening to, would you rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify or your favourite podcast provider? It will help others find this podcast and may just be the inspiration they need to follow their dreams. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down. Where we're going, you won't need to bring your frown. 
find that all the things that I have said will come to when you are lying in your bed. And if you want your friends to come.